Uh, Colossians chapter 3 this morning, and we've been in this series called Jesus Changes Everything. And today what we're going to see is we're going to see that Jesus wants to bring peace to our lives. That Jesus brings peace to our lives, our hearts, and our relationships. Now when it comes to um, our peace or maybe our lack of peace, specifically regarding anxiety, There's a lot of people that kind of have a false dichotomy when it comes to anxiety and our lack of peace in our lives. Some people are on one side of of the coin, or I guess of of the ditch, and they say anxiety and our lack of peace is 100% physical. It has no spiritual component. And there are other people on the other side that say anxiety is 100% spiritual, and it has zero physical component. You just need more Jesus. I, I remember when... When COVID first started, and um, I had only been pastoring for, I don't know, seven or eight months, and I found out that, that we couldn't meet as a church anymore. I had this, uh, this overwhelming anxiety <laughs> that, I, that I look back on and see now. I, I could not stop thinking. Like, my mind was racing. Have you ever had that happen to you where your mind just, like, won't turn off? I had another thing that was really unusual for me is that I had a hard time sleeping at night. Now, I don't know if any of you guys have a hard time sleeping at night, but I have been blessed with the spiritual gift of sleeping like a baby. Like, I am just a sleeper. I will sleep. But when this happened, I, uh, I, was, I was having a little bit of a hard time sleeping. And outwardly, I was telling us as a church, and I did really believe this, that we're going to get through this because we are better than me. But internally, I was worried. I was concerned. And it really shouldn't have been a surprise to me because during that season, um, anxiety in the United States went up 600, 600%. Yeah. I wonder about you. Have you ever lacked peace in your life? Have you ever lacked peace in your relationships? Have you ever come to a place... All of us right there, right? Have you ever come to a place where you've ever been maybe overwhelmed with something? Today, this is what we're going to see. We're going to see not just that God wants to bring peace, but how God wants to bring peace to your life. We're going to pick it up in Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse number 15. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 15. And what we're going to see is we are going to see the spiritual component. I understand there are physical components at times when it comes to our lack of peace, but we're going to see the spiritual component when it comes to our wrestling with the lack of peace. It says, and let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Now it says peace here. With this word peace here, this is talking about an internal peace. This is talking about a rest or security in our hearts, but it's also talking about a peace with other people. And what Paul says is, Paul says that we should let this peace rule our hearts. Now this is 2021. It seems like peace doesn't rule anything. Like everybody's mad at somebody about something Um, anxiety is super high. And this is what God says. God says, you can let my peace rule your hearts. 
you can let my peace rule your relationships. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I find it really interesting that he uses the word let right here. Everybody say the word let. Ready? Let. He says, let the peace of Christ, to which you were called in one body, rule your heart. So in other words, I can let this rule my life. I don't know about, uh, about you guys, uh, but I'm, um, I'm a little bit competitive in a little bit competitive as a person. Um, are there any competitive people in the room? Competitive people? Okay. Some of you guys were trying to be the first person to raise your hand. So I'm a little bit competitive. There was like 10 people. Their hands went up before I almost finished the word competitive. So, so the other day, um, I was, uh, we, we were in a field with about 30 teenagers, and we were playing this game. And I don't even know what the game is called. Um, it's in my mind, it's kind of like capture the flag, but it's a little different. So what you have to do is you have to put a flag or something in your waistline, and you have to leave about 10 inches hanging off. And what you have to do is you have to run around in the field and try to take people's flag. And if somebody takes your flag out of your waistline and you drop it on the ground, uh, that person is out, and you keep playing the game. So it started off, there was like about 30 of us, and uh, I was actually the only adult playing. And uh, maybe because I'm a little competitive and I wanted to play. So it got, down to, it got down to two people, final two. It was me and a teenage girl. And somebody, they, they, they narrowed the circle so it was really tight. And uh, they, somebody said, hey, Pastor Nate, you should let her win. <laughs> this bro just, did you just say that? Let her win? I ain't letting her win. Now, what I wish I would have known, this girl's really good at this game. In fact, like, if this was an Olympic sport, she would be in Tokyo in a couple weeks playing this game. She's really, really good. So, because I'm such a gentleman, what I did is actually let her win that game. (laughs) Okay, so maybe she beat me, right? (laughs) And and then... And in the moment when she beat me, you know what she did? She had rule over me. She was the one that had control over me. She beat me. She had rule over me. And this is what God says. God says, you need to let God's peace have rule over your life. Now, you're in here, some of you are thinking, like, I would love to have peace, God's peace rule over my life. I want to let him have rule over my life, but how does this work? Well, check out what the, the next verse says in the beginning. It says, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you. In fact, can we just read, read the whole verse together? Ready? Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you. In other words, if your life is a house, then you should let God's word dwell in every single room. If I were to come to your house and you were to say, all right, Nate, make yourself at home. What that would mean is get a little bit comfy, take your shoes off. What that wouldn't mean is you just have free reign at any place in our house. Like, for example, if you said make yourself at home and like five minutes later, you were like, where's Nate at? Oh, he's in the master bedroom taking a nap under the covers. It'd be like, whoa, 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 that's, no, no, no. This, this verse, what it's, what it's saying, is it's saying that we should let God's word have reign and have rule and dwell in every single 
place of our lives. Every bedroom, every closet, every junk drawer, that God's word should have complete access to our lives. And what we can do, if we're honest, is we can let God have some access to certain rooms, right? Especially when life gets hard and we need some help. Like, God, come dwell in this place right here. Come dwell in my kids' room because we need help there. Come, come dwell in the garage where my spouse is hanging out. Come dwell over here because I need help. And this is what God says. God says, God says, no, no, no. I want my word to dwell in every single place of your heart. And the reason being is because in the word of God, we find the promises of God. And get this, don't miss this. There's a relationship in your life between having the peace of God in your life and embracing the promises of God for your life. There's a relationship between having the peace of God in your life and embracing the promises of God for your life. God wants his word, his promises to have rule in our life, but often our lives are ruled by worry. Now, what is worry? Worry is just talking to yourself about your problems, right? It's your mind playing all these what-if games. What if this happens? What if that happens? And it drains us of our emotional energy. I love what one person said. They said this. They said, worry is a down payment. It's a down payment on a problem you may never have. You guys ever worried about something and it didn't even happen? You're like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Like, uh, and it doesn't even happen? And what can happen is this weird psychological thing is where when we worry so often, we actually start to take comfort in our worry, in our, in our anxiety. Like we just get comfortable with it. It's just kind of how we live our lives. I was, uh, I was listening uh, to a dad the other day, and he said that when his kids were, were really young, uh, they gave them something called a boppy. A boppy, and what this boppy is, is it's a, it's a comfort item. It makes them feel safe and secure. So they had two girls, and they gave the, their little girls the boppy, and then they had their boy, and they gave him the boppy. But the little boy, he always wanted a different boppy based on the day. So one day, he went and he grabbed a toothbrush, and he's walking around with this toothbrush all day. Boppy, 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 boppy. You know, it makes him feel safe and secure. Boppy, boppy, boppy. And then the other, and then, then, then like a couple days later, he grabbed a shoe and literally was walking around with the shoe. Boppy, 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 boppy. Like it made him feel safe. It made him feel secure. He had his boppy. And then a couple days later, the dad was horrified because he walked down the stairs, and his little son had grabbed a knife. Boppy, boppy, boppy. Boppy, boppy, boppy. And about that time, he's walking towards his son to take the knife. And what the, what the little boy did is he took the knife and he put it in his mouth. Boppy, boppy, boppy. Boppy, boppy, boppy. And the thing, the item that he was finding comfort and security in was the very item that could actually destroy him. And could it be that some of us are so prone to worry and anxiety, we found comfort in that thing, but it's the thing that's actually destroying us? And how often 
how often do we take these things that we worry about and we play within our minds as far as what if, what if, and they never even happen. And the problem is, is that many of us, we subconsciously believe the lie that you don't, that you probably won't admit, but if you think about it, you believe this lie. And it's, if I worry about it today, I can have peace tomorrow. If I worry about it today, I can have peace tomorrow, but this is, but but, but I want to tell you, like, I want to be really straightforward. Worry does nothing for you. Worry just drains you of emotional energy, and it doesn't make things better. Charles Spurgeon so eloquently said, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. It doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. There's this time where, uh, where Jesus, he was teaching all these people on a hillside, right? So they were like out in the hills, and he was teaching on a hillside. And he was trying to teach them about this thing of worry. And what Jesus did, he was a master teacher. He asked a rhetorical question that was like an aha moment to people. In fact, I hope it'll be an aha moment for some of us. It's Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. I think we have the slide up. And this is what he says. He says, can any of you add one moment just one, to his lifespan by worrying. Can you? Is he going to make things better? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? Now, the ironic thing is worrying can actually remove moments from your lifespan. The answer to this question is no. So what do we do? Well, Colossians chapter 3, we let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. And you're thinking, I don't understand this, okay? For every problem in life that you have, there is a promise from Scripture to combat that problem. So for every problem in life you're experiencing, you name it, right? We could go around the room because every one of us has a problem of some sort in our lives. For every problem that we have, there's a promise of God that combats that, that, that problem. Let me give you just three real quick. Let's say you have, you're having a, a financial problem. This is what you need to run to, Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.19 says, My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So when I have this worry, when I have this problem, you know what I run to? You know what I let dwell in my life? This promise. Are you feeling overwhelmed with temptation? I just, I'm just tempted. I just cannot get past this. This is what you need to run to. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, there has no temptation taken you. Um, there is no temptation come upon you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, he will provide the way out so that you may be able to bear it. Are you feeling weak? We need to run to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Man, I just feel so weak. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. And friend, what I'm saying is when you let the promises of God dwell in your life, and you let the promises of God live in every single room in you, the problems of life will seem to be minimized. Now, here's the challenge, is that all of us are filled up with something. Like, our lives are all filled with something. And many of us has to do with, uh, with this right here. For some of us, in fact, I would say what I'm about to say is probably going to cover about 80% of the room. For some of us, what fills up our mind 
is the news. For some of us, what we do, one of the first things we do in the morning is we check the news. Like we check out what's happening. And you know this. The purpose of the news, what they're trying to do is make lots of money. So what they do is they sell things that make lots of money. And you know the thing that's, that makes lots of money that sells is fear because fear keeps you coming back. And what can happen is we can be so filled with the news that we don't have room for the peace of God. For others of us, let's just be real, it's social media. In fact, I think, I, think, I think instead of social media, we should start calling it anti-social media because every study over the last five years says there's a direct correlation between the increase of somebody's um, anxiety, loneliness, and depression in their use of social media. And, and let me just say, I'm a social media user, so I'm not a hater. I'm just saying this is real, right? And what can happen is we can, be, we can spend so much time scrolling, we can spend so much time on our social media that we don't have room for the peace of God. In fact, for many of us, we're so filled with so many things that God wants to put peace in your mind, and God wants to put peace in many of our hearts, but he doesn't have any place to put it. That it could be in our lives that we are so filled with so many things that God wants to put peace in our hearts, but he doesn't have any place to put it. And you may be at a place in your life where you're so uh, worried and you're so anxious and you're so filled with all these things. And this is what God will say. God says, let my promises and let my presence walk with you because I want to give you my peace, but you have to let my word dwell in you. And friend, I want to ask you a question. What are you letting dwell in your life? God says, let the peace, let my peace dwell in you. Let's get back to verse number 16, and I want to see the second part of the verse because it's kind of interesting. The first part of the verse says, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you. So verse 15 talks about the peace of God. How does this happen? By letting the word of Christ dwell in us. But he goes to a different place, and it's kind of interesting. He says, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Now, biblically, we know this, that um, we're supposed to build one another up, like as, as Jesus followers. We're supposed to teach and admonish one another. This is one of the reasons why uh, this coming Saturday, uh, we're having a men's breakfast at 830 for all the men in our church. And uh, we're going to be sharing about some things as a church we're doing in the fall. And we're going to let the guys know about some stuff. And man, I hope that you will sign up either through firstchristianchurch.org or through the connection card and come to that. And we know that we're supposed to build one another up. But is it kind of crazy that one of the ways we do that is through singing? What? Through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs? That through music we can literally build people up? All right, think about this, y'all. So you come in, you have a tough week. Maybe life has, has given you a tough blow. You come into a Sunday morning service, and you are hearing about how great our God is. And somebody's standing near you, and you maybe not even know him. You may have seen him a couple times. And you hear them singing, how great is our God. And you know what it does to that person? It builds that person up. Because they hear you believing what you are singing about. I used to think 
that the music portion of a service was just something to kind of get through. Like I used to be like, okay, I'm all about the word, like give me preaching, but the music portion, mm, I can come in a little late, it's no big deal. And I would just kind of endure the music portion. I might sing a little bit. This is what I did, and it really changed me. I started studying scripturally what is music and how powerful music is in our lives. And I started engaging with the music and singing, and not only did it build me up, but it actually changed my entire worship service experience. It changed my entire worship service experience when I came, and I'm like, I'm going to sing This is what music is. Christian worship music is the intersection of truth and emotion. It's the intersection of truth and emotion, if we can get that slide up. And what what music does is it takes the truth of who God is and what he says about us, and it combines that with the the emotion that music brings, and it brings those things together, and it's like an explosion in our hearts. Sometimes, um, sometimes I, uh, I'll, I'll watch a basketball game or I'll watch a football game or whatnot. And maybe I'll be with some people watching it. And it's like, we get like so passionate and so excited about our sports or maybe like so passionate and so excited about our hobbies. And then it's like, we come into a worship service and on Saturday night, we were just like, yeah, come on, let's go. And then we got the songs and we're like, that's a pretty good song. And what can happen, what can happen is we can get more excited about our sports than we can about the God that has saved us from our sin, about the God that is a real and a God that is alive and a God that is changing people's lives. And I'll just be honest, it starts with the men in this room. It starts with men singing and men saying, hey, I am going to sing praises to my God. And when we sing, what happens is our hearts get fixed on the promises of God and who God is and the problems of life seem to fade away and then the peace of God will rule our hearts. Let's get to verse 17 and then I'm going to give you guys some homework and we're done. It says, and whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, whatever you do, sometimes we can separate between the sacred, like the holy spiritual, and the secular, right? So like, for example, okay, we're in church, this is sacred. I'm going to go home, or whatever, I'm going to take a nap, or I'm going to go work out, or I'm going to whatever, this is secular. For the follower of Jesus, there's no gap between the sacred or the secular, because everything we, should, we do should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything that we're doing, everything, no matter what it is, we should be doing things in the name of Jesus to furtherance the kingdom of God. So what do we do with all this information today? What do we do with all this information about the peace of God and singing and all these things? Well, what I want to do, I want to give you guys a little homework assignment. In fact, I'll even give you guys options since I'm such a nice guy. One of three options, okay? Number one, this is what I want you to do. I want you to find a promise from God to combat that problem in your life. I'm talking about that problem. The one you're thinking about. The one you can't get off your mind. 
the one that's keeping you up awake, keeping you awake at night. To find a promise from God to combat the problem in your life. You say, where do I start? Like, how do I find a verse like to combat this problem? Check this out. All you got to do is Google a verse, a Bible verse about, and it'll pop up. That's it. It's that simple. And then what happens is when that problem in your life is arising and you're worrying about it, start meditating on that promise. And what that will do is that will feed your faith and starve your worry. It'll feed your faith and starve your worry. Number two, limit your news and social media intake. Limit your news and social media intake. I had a friend that just went on a a one-month sabbatical. And uh, I'm like, man, one-month sabbatical, that sounds awesome. He went on a one-month sabbatical, and he made this decision. He said, I'm not doing any social for an entire month. I'm, I'm not suggesting you do this. I'm just saying this is what he did. And he was describing his experience. And he said for the first couple of days, like instinctively, he was like just going to his phone. He wanted to check it. And the first couple of days, he said he had this real FOMO. Like he was like, oh, I'm going to miss out. He's like, I'm going to miss out on what, I'm going to miss out on what my buddy ate for dinner last night. Oh, man. I'm going to miss out. You know what I'm saying? Like they went to Six Flags and they got a picture in front of the dolphins. Man, I missed it. But, but he said, like, after about, he said after about, like, four or five days, it was like, who cares? It was, like, not a big deal. And he said, coming off the 30 days, it's not just because he, he cut out his social, but he said, I was so refreshed. He's like, in my life, I was just so refreshed. I took that time to invest in relationships, to spend extra time in the Word and in prayer, and he left so refreshed. This is what I encourage you to do. Find a promise from God to combat that problem in your life. Limit your news and social media intake. Maybe just say, hey, I'm not going to look at it every day, all throughout the day. I'm just going to look at it at lunchtime, or I'm going to look at it every other day. I don't know, but limit that. And then number three, for some of us, today's the day to decide to trust Jesus to be your Savior. Maybe this is your first time here. Maybe this is your 20th time here. Maybe you know about Jesus. Maybe you've been thinking about him, and you know he came and died on the cross for you. You know that he loves you, and there's been like this, like this line, this invisible line of faith that like you've come right up to, and you're like, man, I know I should become a Christian, but there's that thing that's just holding you back. I don't know what it is, but it's like something that's just holding you back. This is what I want to encourage you to do today, to step over that line of faith and put your trust in Jesus and decide to be a follower of him. It's the best decision you will ever make. Because we can never let the peace of God rule our life. We can never let the peace of God rule our life if we haven't made the decision to follow him with our life. Today, would you let the peace of God rule your life? Let's pray together.